Hey everyone, welcome to episode number one of Midlife Gamers. My name is Corey Beasley, and holding controller number two on the second mic is my good buddy Ashton Strong. How you doing today, man? Doing all right, doing all right. That's good, it's good. We've been talking about doing this for a couple weeks now, and it's awesome to finally get this off the ground. Um, basically, what you're going to have in store for you here is just two dudes who are in their mid-30s talking about video games. On top of that, we're going to probably dive into some entertainment, movies, comics, anime, music, audiobooks, whatever have you. Whatever we really want to talk about. This is, uh, this is just going to be two guys having a good chat about things that we like. So I hope, uh, I hope we have some good stuff in store here. So Ashton, um, I want to start talking about how we met, bud. Um, I know it goes back to high school, right? When we were at Colony High together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was uh, freshman year. I think it was, it was ninth grade. Yes, yes, yep, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Colony Raiders. <laughs> Woo! A little offensive by today's standards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, after that, uh, we ended up meeting again at the mall because you and I were both mall rats. I had uh, just finished high school and was working at the mall and hanging out there all the time because where I was living at the time, country bumpkin town, there was nothing to do. So you just hung out at the mall all the time. <laughs> Which had a lovely arcade. Yeah, it did. Two of them, in fact. Two of them. Yes. We, we, were, we, were, we were really lucky between having the one up by the food court and then the one down by the, the movie theater. It was That was really nice. <laughs> we were spoiled. <laughs> very, very spoiled. But yeah, so um, Ashton and I actually have a pretty extensive uh, gaming history, which is why we wanted to do this podcast here. We've we found ourselves over the years talking about games that we played and talking super long hours into the night, just hanging out and playing and, and chatting. And we figured, you know, hey, why not do this? Why not record it and talk about it and share it with everyone and figure it'd be a good time. So that's what kind of started this off here. So, but... um. Anyways, figured I'd dive into like gaming history here. My uh, my first experience with games was going back when I was a little kid, and I, I had an Atari, and I you know I played it a little bit. It was it was fun. I think I found myself playing Pitfall more than anything else, and then <laughs> and then eventually once uh, once I dove into the the Nintendo, that was that was where it took off, and and I pretty much had I've had every single console, uh, you know. Even I mean I even had a Virtual Boy, so. <laughs> wow. But um. You still have eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember that. It ended up being like, yeah, it's absolutely horrible for your eyes. I don't know. I just I stopped playing it because the only good game on it was Super Mario Land. I think it was. It was on there. It was Super Mario VR or something like that. Um, yeah. But um. But yeah, no, just over the years, it's just I was I've been mostly a, a console gamer. I've dabbled in and out of PC gaming. I'm kind of back into PC a little bit now since I do uh, graphic design work on the side and I've had to upgrade my PC a little bit. But um, I know Ashton and I have pretty much shared a, a, a mutual love for Sony when it comes to consoles. I oh, know, big time. <laughs> I know I know we've kind of grown out of our fanboying and, and hating on Xbox a little bit because we both have Xboxes now. So but uh we love video games that's that's what it all comes down to we love video games that's why we want to do this podcast and we want to talk about it and that's pretty much it so ashton i don't know if you want to dive into what got you into games why you love games and... um, well it's i had video games in my from the beginning i the one of my earliest memories is uh pac-man on atari which is nothing like modern pac-man or anything it was atrocious but uh my first games I've played personally 
was probably Zelda on the Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then from there yep. it's just yep. Give me, give me, give me. Oh yeah, I, mean, I think I think I think you and I could probably sit here and it would take us, you know, probably a whole a podcast worth of time to list every single game we've played through in our history. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> probably take two episodes. Probably. Know. 20 20 actually probably (laughs) um all right so before we dive into our discussion here there's kind of a little bit of a difference between me and ashton here so ashton over the years he's he's kept his gaming up he's been on top of it him and i actually used to have a a battle back and forth uh, between (laughs) platinum trophies and i uh i actually just looked at his gamer card the other day and, and i wanted to weep it was it was it was horrible because unfortunately over the past like five six years my, my gaming has been put on the back burner. I'm a dad. I got kids and everything. So had to put the gaming to the side. But now the kids are a little bit older. I have a little bit more time to dive back into it. I've got a massive catalog of games to play. Um, and I'm actually super excited because this is the perfect time for me to get back into games because we've got the launch of both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. So that's going to be the start kickoff of our conversation tonight. We're going to be talking about the PlayStation 5. Ashton, what is your thoughts on this system? (laughs) It is an ugly, ugly console. I'm just going to start off with there. It's wavy. It doesn't even look like it would lay down flat. Like it would just constantly shake. So that was my first thought is that it wasn't going to lay down flat because I'm like, this, this looks rounded on both sides, but I guess like it, it, it does have a little bit of flattening on the one side, so it can lay flat. So I guess there's that. Now, here's my thing with it and why I think it's designed the way it's designed is I think the problem is with the past couple consoles, especially after the original PlayStation 3, um, Sony went for a more like boxy design that you know that mm-hmm. especially especially with the ps4 and i think a lot of people like shoved it into their en- entertainment centers and not a lot of people like let the system breathe and i think sony was probably dealing with a lot of having to repair systems that were dealing with overheating issues and everything like that so now i know this is a long shot but maybe they were thinking design wise hey let's make this so that they can't shove it in in anywhere and put stuff on top of it or around it or anything like that it's gonna be its own space you know like that's um, that's my uh that that that's my thought on like the the design of it you know i mean i i think it's ugliest in kind of like there's parts of it that i like but i love all the memes that have come out comparing it to wi-fi towers and oh yeah the the eye of sauron was the best one Uh, I have seen in articles that the it is the biggest console. It will be the biggest console to come out in terms of uh, height. And I think a lot of that does have to do with them wanting to have it cooler. So with more space, there's more space for the heat to disperse across. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is ugly, isn't it? It, it is, and it's and it's going to be really weird because, like, you know, you look at my entertainment stand now, and I've got my PS4 Pro, and I've got my my Xbox One X, and it's like, you know, those those are two different systems, but they aesthetically, with the rest of my my layout on my entertainment stand, they look nice. Mm-hmm. You know, both of them are very sleek, simple designs, and I think that Microsoft went too simple with their new one, and I think Sony went holy crap, like, we're just going to throw the paint at the wall with this design. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that does bother me is it's the controller. 
I'm not a big fan of the color spec of it. No. Like, uh, you know, your your cross is blue, your circle's red. There's none of that. It's just carved in, and it's like, okay. I kind of feel like you lost some branding. I'm I'm a little, like, upset about the, ch- the choice of white. Because, yeah. like, I mean, I take care of my stuff, but my problem that I had with, like, you know, the Xbox 360 back then and with the Dreamcast even is, like, that stains. It stains really easily from, from sweat and everything else from playing it. Like, you know, it's just going to be a matter of time before your system starts to lose that bright white color and your controller loses that bright white color. And I know this is, like, very, very, like, being nitpicky about something, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like, to, I don't like my stuff to look nasty. <laughs> I mean, me personally, everything in my entertainment stand is black. Yeah, so and just having this yeah. big white thing stick out. It's just I mean, yeah, people would be like, "Hey, what's that?" And I'll be like, "It's my PS5." Ooh. Yeah, I mean, but so with the PS5, they are they announced they are going to be releasing two types of the console. They're going to be releasing a regular edition that's going to include the Blu-ray 4K drive, which is actually going to be an upgrade from the PS4 Pro because it will actually play Blu-ray 4K movies, which the PS4 Pro did not do. Yes, and I'm actually upset about that. <laughs> You're, personally. Why are you upset about that? Well, because I have a Pro, and uh, yeah. it's just it's oh. like... Oh, okay. For the 4K po- uh, possibilities of my TV and all this other stuff, the fact I gotcha. that I can have 4K movies on it. I gotcha. I thought you were saying that, that you were upset that the PS5 is going to be having the, oh, the, no. the drive. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's a good thing. I like yeah. that. So it's, yeah, that was my thing. I actually was under the impression when I when I did upgrade to my, my Pro, I was late to the party on upgrading to a Pro. That was It was about a, a year ago that I finally got a PS4 Pro. And I thought that it did play the 4K Blu-ray movies. And so I had that system, and then I already had my, my Xbox One, and just I wasn't going to upgrade the Xbox at the time. But then when I found out it wasn't going to play the 4K Blu-rays, and here I got this brand new you know 4K TV, and I bought a couple 4k blu-ray movies that they're going to play on the playstation and it's like oh man what the hell so i ended up uh you know trading in my uh my xbox one and getting the uh the xbox one x there so it could play the uh play my 4k blu-rays there mm. so now with sony dropping um the system with the the disc uh, capabilities they are going to be dropping a digital only edition which will not have a disc drive in it you will have to get all of your games from the playstation network um it will require an internet connection in order to play um i've heard some mixed emotions about this me personally i'm gonna go probably with this system mainly because over the past few years, I found myself moving from a physical library to a more digital library. I probably only have about five games on disc right now for my PS4. And some of the games that I did have on disc, they eventually ended up being free on, on PS Plus. So the, it just it became you know kind of redundant for me to own the disc while I already have it on PS Plus on there. 
So, I mean, I guess the only drawback to that is, is if I ever, you know, cancel my PS Plus subscription, I lose all the games that I have unless I get it again. Um, but they just they just had the 10 year anniversary here of PlayStation Plus, and I've, my subscription has been active since since the trial time before they actually got it going. Oh yeah. So, like, I have never canceled my PS Plus subscription. It's just kind of something that's been like embedded into you know my my life, so to speak. So I mean, it's a large. Uh, catalog it is and it is for me personally that's why i've kept it for so long i do wish that they would do like like a, a like a cool like time where it's like okay this week only we're gonna open up the vault to like all the games that we've put on ps plus for you to download again and that would be like cool because there, there are definitely have been games that i missed because i just forgot that month to download the the free games you know mm. so but that's kind of the catch to it i guess <laughs> so you gotta be active you gotta be yep. on it Give me the yep. free stuff. Yep. No, I mean, aside from it, you know, the system looking horrible, I'm I'm going to buy it. Like, I'm going to end up buying both systems, but the PS5 is going to be the, the first one on my uh, on my list for sure. Um, I was uh, I was really happy that the way they did the reveal with, you know, the all of COVID going on right now, and it couldn't be a big event with, with lots of people in attendance and everything. I actually was a big fan of how they did it this way where it's like hey you know we're sony like here's a developer for 30 seconds they're going to talk about their game in their studio and we're going to show you a awesome trailer that's going to show mostly gameplay and then we're going to cut to another person for 30 seconds it if just it, yeah if. like, like <laughs> i mean they some of them they just went back to back with the trailers yeah, yeah so yeah. And I mean, I got I got to say, like, I think they they brought their cards to the table with the games that they showed off. I mean, I was just between Spider-Man being showed off between uh, the remake of Demon Souls uh, come in. Um, I mean, just it, it was there was a lot. Uh, the, the second Horizon, even though I haven't finished the first one yet. <laughs> true, so, true, true. Same here. So uh, the game that really showed off the power of the console to me was Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Uh, the fast loading of just like quick transition here, quick transition there. Like that is superb. Yeah, no, I'm I I love the old platformer games like that and I love to see how they built on them cuz it just it makes you feel like you're playing like an animated like Disney Pixar movie and it does. It's, it's it's awesome. I, I love how far those games have come along. And I'm and I'm happy that there's still a market for those type of games, you know. So, but um but yeah, no, before they actually showed uh all the games at that, the first thing that I saw was the trailer for um um what was it? Um Returnal, that's what it was, because I actually saw the trailer for that before they started showing off the games, because a, a little video for that ended up showing up on, I don't know if it was Reddit or... It was ended up showing either on Reddit or Twitter somewhere, but it was just a quick little clip of the of just the gameplay, and it wasn't showing off like the overall like what the story was going to be. But what I was really surprised by is that it was from the same people who made Resogun. Oh, you're talking about the... The spaceship girl, yeah, the sci-fi, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is funny because I thought that the the person who they like animated the character after was they animated it after um, Edie Falco there, the girl who played Nurse Jackie. Have you seen that show? No, I have not. Uh, it's a show on uh, Showtime that was kind of popular right after Dexter was on. So it was about a nurse who did drugs. <laughs> it was actually it, it was good. It was surprisingly good. I actually just watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago with. Uh, with uh, my girlfriend so 
but um but you sir uh when the ps5 drops which uh which console are you going for for me i will probably get the one with the disc drive only because okay. i have 20 plus games on disc and for a fact they are stuck on disc for some of them okay uh so i don't want to have two consoles my pro is already a jet engine i don't want it i want just one thing that plays all my stuff okay no no that's fair it's very very fair i know there's tons of people out there who probably still have like massive disc libraries where it's just it's not worth it for them to you know give that all up to save which we don't even know how much the difference is going to be between the the disc the, the discless version and the uh and the regular one so um i'm guessing it's only going to be like a 50 to maybe 75 buck difference some people are saying maybe a hundred so i i don't know personally i do know that that blu-ray 4k drives that are capable of, of playing movies themselves they are actually kind of pricey so i, I i'm i'm guessing it's going to be closer in like the 75 range um but i'm i'm not sure on that one what do you think the consoles are going to be overall i mean i think they're both going to be swimming around the 500 range for like okay. the like the top tier one like the one that comes with the disc drive Yes, 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 yes. Um, which I think is fair, considering you know what the the PS4 was three ninety nine when it first came out. So for it to for the next console, you know, eight years later to only be uh, you know a hundred dollars more, I feel like that's fair. So, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think the disc one will be five hundred, but I think the digital only will probably be four hundred. You think so? Yeah. So Just to give them a little. I don't know, a difference enough to be like, hey, this is how it used to cost. So People I could probably grab that at that price. I could be wrong here, but I thought it was kind of funny how all of a sudden now we're starting to see pictures and things emerging and, and Microsoft now coming out with a digital version of yes. the Xbox Series X. Like, please don't tell me that that was planned all along. Like, oh, it, I, it was not. It was not. They are like, wait, they're getting rid of disc? Uh... A smaller white box. Let's go. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing because as far as I know, like the capabilities of between the two PS5 systems are they're virtually the same. It's just it's just the lack of a disc drive in the one. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be the same hardware powering games. Um, but you know, like we talked about, the maximum price point difference is probably going to be only about a hundred bucks between the two systems. Microsoft, I guess, is trying to like beat Sony out in that one. And from what I'm reading and hearing is that this smaller Xbox that they're coming out with is actually going to be $200 less. And But I've yes. also heard that it's not going to have as powerful of a processor or a GPU. And it's just it's not going to be the, like you're not going to get the same gaming experience on it as you would if you had the full blown, you know, system with the drive and everything. So I, I also did hear that they were. For this wider, small, digital-only box, it would be roughly $300, which yeah. is a crazy price for a next-gen console. Yeah. No matter which way you cut it, even if it is weaker or whatever. It is. It is. I mean, I, I, that's fair. I can, I can agree with that point. I don't know. I just, I just found it really funny that all of a sudden that, you know... Uh, that Microsoft is like, oh yeah, no, we got a digital one too. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we we play this all along. <laughs> but 
No, I mean, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to see all the new games that are coming out. And for me, I'm I'm stoked because it seems like there's kind of a, of, uh, a little bit of a return of um, story-based games. Like, I'm not hating on multiplayer games. Uh, there's t- multiplayer games that I love, but multiplayer has just never been my thing. I've never been the guy that can sit there for hours on end playing, you know, Deathmatch on Call of Duty or, mm-hmm. or Halo or, or, you know, and I haven't even gotten into Fortnite or, or anything like that. Um, so it's just it's just not it's it's not my cup of tea. I'll have fun every now and again with some buddies, but like I can't sit there and dedicate myself to leveling up a character to blow up other people. Like I'm not I'm not trying to hate on it. Like I respect people who play it. Like I get it serves a purpose and everything, but me, I like a good story. I like I like something that's got a lot of substance to it. I like getting immersed into the game I'm playing. And that's just what I, I saw a lot of that in the trailers when uh they were they were showing off the games, you know. It did. It wasn't. It wasn't all Call of Duty and Battlefield and Madden and you know. It was like no, we got a lot of we got a lot of games with story and substance coming out. I feel like there's actually been a decline in uh, multiplayer focus stuff. I mean, there are big things like Fortnite, yada yada. They still exist. There's still a market for it, oh, yeah. but. We've had Spider-Man, God of War, we have Last of Us, we have a lot of these games that are just simple for-one-person games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like the one the one game that I was really excited for, and they showed a trailer for this before they even had the, uh, the Sony event, was the trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of the Assassin's Creed series, and Valhalla looked absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, I know it was mostly cinematic stuff that they showed, but if any, like most people know, like most of the cinematic stuff that that's in Assassin's Creed games is it's gameplay. Like there is no, we're mm-hmm. not gonna, sh- we're not gonna show this cutscene and then it's gonna flash to the actual gameplay. No, it, it's 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 right there. It flows right from the scene into the game and. And um, it's funny because I actually just got my first platinum trophy in like five years (laughs) and it was Assassin's Creed Unity. And um, now I know that game was like it was shit on like crazy when it first came out. Um, it was loaded with bugs like crazy. The multiplayer was completely broken. And that was supposed to be the selling point of the game because Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag that came out was a massive game. And it was a great game, too. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome game. And so, like, you know, people thought that the next, you know, iteration of the game was going to be even bigger you know in assassin's creed 4 you know you were you were sailing to different islands there was different places to see and explore and everything and so now with this new one coming out like you know people expected it to be bigger and grander than that and no it's like it's going to take place during the french french revolution it's going to take place between paris and versailles like very compact compared to you know sailing throughout you know several islands (laughs) you know immediately yeah you're but, a pirate in one, yeah, and then a revolutionary in the other, right? And like, there was nothing, nothing wrong with that personally, but I feel like they built Assassin's Creed to such a grand scale with Black Flag. But the selling point for Unity back then was going to be the multiplayer. The fact that it was the first time that you could go through and do like these missions with three other assassins, and that was supposed to be the selling point of it. And unfortunately, it was completely broken when the game first came out. I mean, it was glitched like crazy. Um, I actually never got to play it when it first came out because I was still wrapped up in playing Black Flag. 
And I ended up just skipping over it. You know, I never, never really jumped into it until, you know, recently here I started playing it. Now that most of the bugs are fixed and, and I was actually shocked to see that people still play the multiplayer <laughs> because you, you need some of the, uh, the, the multiplayer missions for the trophies to get the platinum. So I, uh, I rolled through that game and honestly, with everything fixed, it's a gorgeous game. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, that people don't give it credit for because they they revolutionized the new like mechanics of the climbing and the combat and everything that you see in Origins and Odyssey and stuff. Now that all started in Unity, and it's uh, I mean, it was going inside buildings. That's not something you could really do in the old ones. It was just climbing on the outside of them. All this stuff was was new, and I felt like. This was the first time that you had more of a of a personal story. Aside from like the Ezio saga, this was the first time you had like more of the story was focused on the character in the past than it was the character who was living the character in the past memories, if you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. So, because like the game itself in Unity is focused is focused on Arno from the beginning to the end. It's Arno. Like, yeah, you're like, they're supposed to be the guy who's like living out his memories, but it's, there's no detail behind that person. There's no detail behind the people who are really linking you up to doing it. It's just very, very random. All the story is focused on Arno during the French, French revolution. And I really liked that. The game was fun. I mean, the, 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 for the time that it came out, I mean, the game came out in 2014, the graphics were absolutely beautiful. I mean, they made, they made Paris and everything look awesome during that time and I thought it was kind of funny because I'm like oh I'm going to climb the Eiffel Tower and not realizing oh the Eiffel Tower hasn't been built yet (laughs) but where is it but but it's funny because they do these weird like missions where you travel through time and you actually do get to climb it. It's just in a special mission, so it's not like you just climb it whenever you want and jump off. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> um, but uh, with Assassin's Creed kind of being a hot topic, there's uh, there's been some news re- revolving around Assassin's Creed and, and Ubisoft. Uh, I've have you read? <laughs> oh, I've read. I've yeah. been informed. Yeah, it's it's informed. it's it's uncomfortable and and makes me feel weird about supporting going forward. But it's like I can't hate on everyone there at the studio. But I mean, it's one man out of five hundred. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, uh, what we're talking about here is the creative director for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, who he was actually also the creative director behind Assassin's Creed Origins and uh, Black Flag. When we were just talking about Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag. Um, he unfortunately has stepped down from his position as creative director for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, amongst, uh, allegations of, um, sexual misconduct. And, uh, I did a little bit of reading into the article and apparently more or less is that he cheated on his wife and it just became part of a problem at work. And, uh, I guess it's part of a rampant problem at Ubisoft right now. Yes, because uh, it's not only him. It, there was also the brand manager who worked on Watchdog, who was also accused of sexual misconduct. Yep. And I just I gotta say, like, you know, 
over the past couple of years, we've been seeing a lot of this horrible stuff that's been coming out of the movie industry and everything. And, you know, you, you, you want to think that the things you love are immune to that. It's like, no way, no way the thing, my, no way the gaming industry, no way the comic industry, none of that, none of that is going to be like Hollywood. It's like, and it's like, now you come and you hear this and it's like, oh man, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. Cause you know, it's, it, you feel like something like this is, and especially like this community of gaming and everything like that, it could be a source of escape for someone who is dealing with issues like that. And, and to hear that this is happening in the industry is, you know, it's, it's kind of off-putting, you know? Um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of the games that Ubisoft has put out over the years. I, I like what they've done. Um, and it was kind of heartbreaking to hear that, you know, this has been going on there. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, you know, they're, they're getting ironed out quickly, but it still is not going to take away from the fact that, that the stuff has happened. So, I mean, people with power, they have a community of fans and sometimes they intermingle. Some fans might be a little bit too appreciative you know no that's 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 definitely true but i don't know it's just it's it's tough to to hear that this is going on and uh i I just hope that they they move forward from it just because they are they're a good company they make good games i think that some of the games they made are really unique i mean i mean just between assassin's creed and and um uh watchdogs alone i mean those are two really unique awesome franchises and yes you know so I would hate to see a studio like that go down because of the fault of a few people. That's that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at. But it's kind of like the name is tainted right now because of a few people. I understand that. I mean, you don't you don't want negative press either which way. Oh, for um, sure. But speaking of negative press and tainted things, how about Facebook right now? <laughs> We don't want, we don't want, we don't want to get out of here. Get out of here. Well, specifically, specifically going into Xbox and how they dropped their, their Twitch competitor mixer to go with Facebook gaming as their primary gaming stream service service now. And now all of a sudden you are seeing a huge backfire with Facebook with all the advertisers dropping. So was this still a smart move by Microsoft to drop Mixer and move to Facebook gaming? <laughs> well, as quoted today, Mark Zuckerberg, ah, they'll be back. Whatever. <laughs> Did you really say non- that? <laughs> yes, he was very nonchalant about it. Like, Because it is Facebook. There's a lot of people on it. There's a lot of money behind it eventually they'll they'll want to have that ad space back yeah. or at least that's how he f- fuse it i mean i mean that's that's definitely true but it doesn't it doesn't take away from the impact right now you know and and i feel like right now is kind of a crucial time especially for a company like microsoft with a brand new system about to launch i mean you know they've they kind of had mixer established especially with all the people that they stole from twitch you mm-hmm. know come over and 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 get it going a lot and, of big contracts yeah and then all of a sudden you know here here you are just a few months away from a brand new console drop and you're dropping your main service for streaming to go with Facebook gaming because I mean the main reason why they only did it is because the Facebook gaming took off during the pandemic and everybody locked up at home you know we're we're all playing video games right now and you're gonna see a lot of new people joining up on streaming and just face Facebook took off because it was easy 
it was easy for you to just hop on Facebook and start streaming your stuff. It, you know, you didn't have to go through too much. And and I'm sorry, like there's probably more people that have Facebook accounts than they do Xbox Live and PSN accounts. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it was the major thing like ten years ago. I mean, a large chunk of America has accounts on there. And that's just America. Yep. I mean, yep. I don't know its effects around the world, but I assume a large chunk of the world is on Facebook too. No, that's that's for sure. I don't know. I just I feel like right now that that it was it was a bad move by Microsoft. I feel like they should have just kept going with with Mixer. Now, personally, I don't really use game streaming services. I've you know I've tuned into them a few times to watch things, but I've never streamed myself. Um, I don't know if you have. I don't know if you currently do or not. But something I'm interested in. But yeah, yeah. It's just it's 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 interesting, but it's just it's never. It's never really been like, oh, I gotta dive on and do this. I gotta like, you know, make sure people watch what I'm playing. But I, but I guess there's a bigger world to it than that. So, I know um, when Mixer did drop, there was the big, like Ninja Shroud, all these big names that had contracts to be exclusive in Mixer. I know Facebook offered double of the original contracts. So for Ninja, that would have been a sixty million dollar contract to stream on Facebook Gaming. So. I mean, they were putting a lot of money behind it. Oh, no, I mean, for sure. But it's like now all of a sudden you have this massive backlash. And, and, and I understand, yes, advertisers will be back eventually. But the timing right now, because just especially... Oh, it's going, not good. It's, no, it's not. You know, you've got the system coming out and you've got... You know, and, and and who knows? Maybe this could be a saving thing for Facebook. That maybe once the console drops and the Xbox does really well, and you're going to see the Facebook gaming take off. And and but I think right now it's kind of a sticky situation for Microsoft to be in with everything that's going on with Facebook. So it's just it's another another controversial topic in the gaming industry. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of ads being dropped, just to mention this, Sony no longer will allow their PlayStation ads on there. On, as of right now on oh, oh on facebook so they joined yes. they joined too huh yes ah. i know it was the the article <laughs> i read mentioned playstation but i'm pretty sure it would just be like sony as a whole this is probably why i'm seeing more wish ads showing up in my news feed <laughs> that, y- yep <laughs> probably it's like just oh scroll scrolling oh. through really really wish i didn't realize they needed a leather spandex jumpsuit sure (laughs) scrolling through oh oh my aunt's doing fine oh that my friends just got a dog oh they're offering me underwear oh (laughs) okay so another uh, hot topic here in the gaming industry has been the release and review of the last of us part two um, which happens to be a game that I have yet to play. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing it. Um, I saw initially that the critics' reviews were through the roof on it, but now it seems to be getting a little bit of a negative feedback. It's 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 kind of funny. It's it's like uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi there, where like you know the critics said like, "Oh, this is one of the best Star Wars films ever," and and like I, we're we're gonna save this conversation for another time. The Last Jedi to me is one of the best Star Wars movies, <laughs> but we're, we're this that's that's a whole other podcast that, conversation. That's, that's a whole podcast. <laughs> I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we will we will we will save that for 
a, a, a very special edition of this podcast. <laughs> um, but um, but it seemed like that where you know when the movie first came out and like the critic reviews were through the roof, and then all of a sudden the fan reactions were like, "What the hell happened?" So I know Ashton, you have had some experience in The Last of Us. I actually haven't played through either game fully, so I don't know. I know, I know. I've I've heard some things about the game where it's um, it, they've gone a little too cinematic in it. That they've sacrificed gameplay for more of making it mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. a playable movie. Which to me that doesn't bother me too much because like I'm a big fan of like the the games like Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls and stuff like that where there wasn't a lot of you know running around and action. Like the like the, the games they were what they were. They they didn't try to be anything else and. I know that that the mechanics of The Last of Us is supposed to be kind of similar and built off of Uncharted. I mean, it's it's Naughty Dog, so it was supposed to just basically it was sold as as Uncharted with zombies, you know, with with stealth <laughs> zombies. Yes. yes. So now I've I've not dove far into the first game at all. I've played very little of it. Um, so I don't know too much about it. Um, I know you you know a little bit more. Um, I I really don't care if you get too spoilery here, mm-hmm. so that doesn't bother me too much. Um, don't 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 try not to ruin any big big moments. But if you got to for the sake of the podcast, I get it. I understand. I'm way far behind in my library right now, and I got to catch up. So it's it's my own fault for having kids. <laughs> Damn you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> you took me away from my one true love. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, man. So I don't know if you like I you 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 played through the first one, right? I played through a large chunk of the first one. I never officially beat it, so you can okay. come at me, internet. But I didn't finish it. Yeah, I'm that's what sorry. I'm like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, you know, we're 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 already gonna open up our comments section, being ripped ripped apart. It's like, how are you gonna make a video game possible podcast? You haven't played The Last of Us. Like, I'm sorry. There were other games. My bad. But I know how it ends. I know everything after where I left off. Okay. Kind of crazy. Uh, there's not a real choice of the matter in the end of the first one, but I have a lot to say about the second one, starting off with the leaks that were released right. roughly a month right. before there, the game there, came out. There, there were some some leaks that came out, and and as much as like I I really wanted to know everything about this game because I remember seeing them showing off the first like trailer for this. I think it was was it 2016 Sony event they showed off mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. the very first video of, of Ellie playing the guitar and I was like oh I, like my mind was blown by like the graphics and everything and it just it looked really really cool. Um but yeah I mean I mean like that's and I, I didn't know anything else besides that. <laughs> well when it was leaked it was pretty much they did find out who did it. It wasn't like a disgruntled employee or anything. It was just a random person that got a copy somehow. They released pretty much the whole story onto YouTube. Uh, it was eventually taken down, but once it's out there, it's out there. The yep. internet has it. Yep. And the leaks were what they showed. It was a lot of out-of-context stuff, but some big, big bad things happen. And you're like, okay, it's whatever. They could change it. The game comes out, and 
spoiler warning this is in the first two hours of the game maybe three hours but joel is killed they just kill the main character of the first game within the first chunk of the little little bit of <laughs> of the gameplay spoilers <laughs> spoilers that's a big spoiler but once again it's gotta, the first couple I'm gonna, hours i'm gonna i'm gonna have to edit in massive spoiler <laughs> warning before that that snippet here so we're gonna just no. focus on this that's a big thing especially when you play the game the character 90 percent of the first game like you know, that is who you're playing as I love how you're giving off spoilers and you haven't even played the game through yet. <laughs> I, I've streamed it. You know, I'm interested. Yeah. I want to know what's up. Why do people dislike it? Yep. That's a good reason to dislike it. That um, is a huge <laughs> reason to dislike it. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it because, I mean, like, I understand that, like one of the big points of, of the, the Last of Us was the relationship of Joel and Ellie and... You know, if if they're doing that to you know the main character, one of the main characters right away, you know it's uh, I don't know, it's like is it is it done for the fact of like okay they're just trying to advance Ellie's character or is it just done for shock factor? Oh, it's it's more <laughs> shock factor. It's yeah. more, which is unfortunate. Um, a lot of it is to a lot of the game after this point is focused on Ellie. But also a new character. Yep. Who is called Abby. She's ripped. She's got bigger gains than I do, and I'm a six <laughs> foot two man. Um and she's the one that kills Joel. So oh. like Yeah. So you're playing half the game as a character who oh. killed the character you like. Oh. Oh. Super, super spoilers. <laughs> I, I don't feel like the, it's the, the trailer. I'm just it's out there in media. Like yeah. you could see it. It's it's known that you play as this character. I gotcha. I gotcha. So for me personally, just just for a story aspect, just for telling the story, uh, the main theme of the game from Naughty Dog is it's a tale of revenge in the vicious cycle of violence. Yes. Okay. Maybe we should have played as the new character up till then. More is Joel's death should have been deeper in the game. Stuff like that. Obviously, people are going to be angry when you immediately axe a character and make people force them to play that as the person who killed the character they probably have attachment to. Yeah. No matter what you say of the character, he wasn't the greatest character. He wasn't like the Pope. But he was a good person to Ellie. He's like a surrogate father to her. So yeah. Oh, that's like I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm looking forward to playing the game through. Still, like I'm still gonna play it and everything. Like I. I love pretty much everything Naughty Dog has has put out. So my my thing is, you know, is is after this, where does Naughty Dog go? Like, you know, I've I've heard rumors about them diving back into the Uncharted franchise, but with a new character. But then there was also, you know, rumors about them going with a completely whole new IP. So I uh, think they should go with a new IP. Personally. I mean, I do, too. I do, too, personally. So we'll, we'll see what what goes on with them. But um, speaking of new IPs and everything, a uh, the shocking one for me here is was 
the Crystal Dynamics and uh, it's it, it's with Square Enix still, right? Who put out this new Avengers yes. game? It's just like they're the publishing house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I um I was kind of blown away by this one because when they first dropped this the trailer for this game, what was it sometime last year they came out with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah, E3. Yeah, and I was very, very underwhelmed <laughs> by what they showed. And, I mean, not just for the fact of, like, like they didn't even really show much of the game at all, but I thought the character models were awful looking. Oh, like, they're gross. Like, I mean, just the, like... the animation, even just for, for a cinematic, like, everything just looked awful. And I was like, there's no way that this game is going to do well. And, you know, then I apparently I was right because the rest of the Internet felt the same way. <laughs> I mean, hey, an Avengers game. Cool. But then you look at the, the, the heroes and you're like, oh, bootleg Robert Downey. Cool. All right. Yep. Who, who are you? Oh, you're ugly. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm going to. All right. What I don't. Hey. What I don't understand is it's like, I mean, basically Disney has to license out all these characters now for these game studios to make these games, correct? Mm-hmm. So why couldn't they just get their likeness from the movies? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, because it really seems like they're still trying to make these characters look like the movie characters Kinda, as hard yeah. as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's just, like, if you're trying to do that, why not just go for the whole shebang instead of trying to make them look like knockoff characters? I mean, I guess it would be like you would have, want the vo- them to voice the work. So, like, yeah, it would look like Rabbit Downey, but if it doesn't look, sound like him, I guess I don't know. Well, it's I probably mean, cheaper in the long run either way. Well, did you did you ever play the Wolverine Origins game? I did, and it's really good. It's an amazing game, but I don't remember actually. Um, God, what's like? Wow, Hugh Jackman or Hugh Jackman doing the voice of Wolverine throughout that game. He doesn't. So, so it's like you know, I I would sacrifice having different people voicing the characters if you at least try to make them look like. That's my other thing. Because if you're not gonna, if if they're not gonna be based off of what the characters look like, don't make them look remotely close to the movie characters. <laughs> and I mean that's like, fair. Like you know that that's what they did with these. Uh, with the with this new game now don't get me wrong when they drop this new trailer i'm like all right i'm sold this game looks awesome you know but at the same time it's still like all right it still feels like you know we're getting you know b actor level thor out there (laughs) you know but yeah i mean the game still looks cool and everything i don't know how you feel about it i know you're uh, you said square is just the they're just the pop they're the publisher yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Crystal. Okay. They're, it's they're the devs. Right. Themselves. Right. I mean, I'm excited about it. I love superheroes. Oh, and yeah, I for can, sure. I'll be able to play as Hulk? Okay. <laughs> I'm already done. You already have my money. So, I mean, it is what it is. The extended trailer uh, where they go over gameplay mechanics and how the game would flow, it definitely seems like it's a Destiny isk game a looter shooter where you'll you'll level up and gear out certain characters and you'll be able to bring them wherever i mean there will still be exclusive character missions and there are single player focused stuff in the game but it's like a a weird mixture of these two kind of ideas of single player focused rpg action thing and like an mmo co-op co-class thing like destiny 
I don't know. Like I'm, like I said, I'm gonna play it. I, I, I was this this last trailer sold me, especially when you know they're they're bringing in Kamala as one of the the characters. Um, I'm I'm actually a fan of of her and some of the newer cartoons because I've been watching some of the cartoons cool. with my kids, you know. So and I didn't know anything about a lot. Some of these newer Marvel characters have been popping up, but they show up in a lot of the the cartoons my kids watch, and it's uh, I'm, I'm actually I've I've been impressed by by some of the cartoons lately. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of the Disney XD uh, yeah. Marvel cartoons. They're yep. they're good. Yep. Good quality. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, but I'm just hoping here that um, you know, with all these new games and everything that are going to be coming out, it's 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 a first wave of of games for a new console generation, and I'm just hoping that you know, there's one like we can get past this whole controversy with Ubisoft and everything like that. But two, I'm hoping that we don't see a launch of systems that are plagued with bugs and games that are plagued with blog with bugs, because I do feel like this is a big step up in a console generation. I mean, these are going to be pretty powerful systems that are going to be out there right now. And, you know, it's going to be like pushing, you know, a, a PC to, to the max, you know, with, with some of the games. And mm -hmm. I know, I know you, you actually are dealing with some, uh, some PC issues with the game right now, aren't you? I was. <laughs> I was. So there was a little game that launched on the Windows Store called Fantasy Star Online 2. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played a Fantasy Star game since the Dreamcast. <laughs> so this game was exclusive to Japan for eight years. Microsoft put up the money, was like, hey, release it exclusively on our store. That was the worst thing that happened to gaming ever. Um, literally, I installed this game. And then it tells me, no, you can't play this game. <laughs> and where I s installed all these files, you can't delete them. You don't have access to these files on your computer. I'm like, oh, what? Because that's not a thing. It's my computer. What are you talking about? <laughs> I eventually do get it working after a day of fiddling with it. It's fine. And then... The next day I go back to play it and my sound drivers are crashed and corrupted to the point where I have to reformat my entire computer. <laughs> Fantasy Star, not online. <laughs> not online, not at all. Um, I shortly do a little upgrade to my computer and my motherboard's suddenly shot. So, okay, Fantasy Star, did you just destroy my computer? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I will never touch that game. I will never touch the Windows Store again because that is just crazy. And I'm not the only person that had these issues. I know there's a lot of people who want to play it on PC that can't or are just grossed out by it. It doesn't seem like Microsoft is interested in fixing the problem. Sega doesn't really want to fix the problem. And it's kind of like, okay, guys, why did you even bother? And, and you know, and that's my problem with with some games that get put out there now. Is it's like, okay, we're gonna put it out there, but we're not gonna support it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's just dead on arrival. Cool. Which you know, and and you know, honestly, like I'm, it sucks that that happens with certain games, but at the same time, I do like that it ha how it's inspired more of an indie movement where like people are going to take like, all right, let me take the source code from this game and let me fix it myself, you know? And you're seeing certain games that actually get fixed and put back out there and, and, you know, seeing new, 
new iterations of of old games. I mean, mm-hmm. what was what was one that I saw? I was was it like I think it was Half Life. Um, I uh, I downloaded the oh. original Half Life and I forgot it's renamed to something. Mesa. Uh, yeah, um, B- Black Mesa. Um, Black Mesa. Yeah, yes, Black, Black Mesa. So like you know something like that, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And with Half Life, man, I I need to get Half Life, Alex. <laughs> I have I mean, to. <laughs> from what I've seen of it, is probably the best VR game there is. And that's what I'm hearing, but I guess like there's there's something that that Valve made specifically as a controller to go along with the game. Yeah, and... it's like this weird glove thing. Yeah, but I mean, I was watching um, a trailer for it again today, and it's like I I love Half Life. I mean, I, I love the first one. I, I played it religiously on the PC because um, I had that big box that Sierra put out that came with Half Life and. Mm-hmm. Um, counter-strike and the original portal yeah no no this is before portal came out this is way before portal dude oh yeah we're talking we're talking like you know 1998 sierra games on pc okay all right i thought you were talking the orange box no 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 there was um no no i know what you're talking about you're talking about the orange box yeah that was on the xbox and on pc no this is way before that dude this is going back like so like 1988, 1999, um, Half-Life originally came out. It was launched by Sierra Games. Um, Valve is the one who who you know made it, but Sierra Games was the publisher. Um, so they had actually released like a year or two later this like Game of the Year edition big pack that came with it was Half-Life, but then it also came with Counter-Strike, the original Team Fortress, um, and then ha- this. Uh, game called blue shift i think that's what it was called where you were actually playing from the perspective of one of the military guys going into the black mesa facility um during the events of half-life one okay and so that was a really cool game too and then i think there was something else that was in there the in that pack. it was a five pack of, of games i know that and i remember just <laughs> wearing out the half-life disc <laughs> and the counter-strike disc too so Big games to this day yeah you know it's it, it's funny you know i get a lot of people who who play call of duty and play battlefield and it's like i'll play them from time to time but you know to me like counter-strike was that that was that was the online shooter to play back in the day <laughs> sadly enough i missed a lot of the 90s early 2000s pc Era. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's like it seems like a lot more like PC is getting big again. You know, I see a lot more people, a lot more, a lot more of our friends, you know, specifically who are getting into to building their own rigs and, mm-hmm. and getting into PC gaming. And like this is something that I did, you know, back in high school and getting out of high school. I mean, we're going back to like when my, you know, my my GPU was a 3D effects voodoo graphics card with like 16 megabytes of, of, of graphics capability. Oh, the power. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We're gonna run Unreal Tournament, baby. <laughs> How many frames? So, you know, it's just I remember. You know, it's is that was that was my thing that I used to do is I would buy you know graphics and a graphics card back then. I mean, you know, you if you wanted to run the good games, like you had to drop like two three hundred bucks on a card. And it's like nowadays you can get away with a halfway decent card. I mean, I just upgraded my PC to um, it was a uh, um, GeForce. Uh, uh, GTX 1660 Super 
graphics mm-hmm. card. And I mean, the thing only cost me like it was like 189, but you know, it's it's awesome. I mean, I've got it's bare minimum, but I've got 4K gaming capability on some older games. And you know, I was running I was running uh, Gears Five uh, with like amazing frame rate and everything for for what I have. And like my my mm-hmm. tower my tower is old. You know, my tower itself. I'm still I'm still running you know um, DDR3 RAM in my tower. Now, granted, I've got okay. like granted i've got 64 gigs of it in there so like right. that, so that kind of makes up for you know me not running ddr4 right now <laughs> but um but it was like for me at the time you know i i don't play a lot of games on my pc like i'm doing some now now that my pc has the capability to play more games i've mm-hmm. you know i stepped out of of pc gaming you know basically around when the ps2 and you know the ps3 especially came out but i mean the ps2 is what really took me away from pc gaming because i mean i i played final fantasy 10 religiously and a lot of good games on that console that's a lot of good games like the ps2 exclusive to that console too and like i was i was a cheap 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 kid i was always like with the pc games like I was one who was looking up online. I was one of the first people who had high speed internet in my neighborhood. So like, I'm looking up like, okay, where can I find like the, what what are they? What are they? Where's was the, was the, yeah. Like all, all, (laughs) that's like, let me find the free illegal hacked version of this PC game that I want to (laughs) play. You know, it was very rare that I would actually go to the store because, you know, it wasn't like you could just go to, the 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 people who made the game and pay them over the internet and get a downloaded mm. copy of the game you had to go this. to you know you had to go to like uh what was it comp usa and places yeah. like that and actually buy the software you know for the young people out there steam did not exist yeah steam was not even a thing nope nope and nothing like steam like you want to play your you want to play a game on pc you either had to download it illegally or go to a store and buy it buy the disc yes. you know and buy the actual cd-rom and the thing that sucked is a lot of times the cd-roms were more expensive than regular video games <laughs> yeah you get this big unwieldy ugly box that <laughs> with a little for, disc inside <laughs> for, for no reason no good reason at all just like here's this monolith there's a cd in there <laughs> Could you just give me the CD? No, no, no. Well, I'm sorry. When it when it hits the 9.99 bargain bin, we'll just take it out and throw it in the yeah, bin. exactly. <laughs> it's like oh, cool. But I remember buying a lot of my PC games from um, CompUSA, and there was also uh, I mean, I bought them from like Target, uh, not Target, um, Staples, Staples. That was one place I would get them from, um, but. Even and Walmart would would uh, carry PC games, which actually surprised yeah. me. So, but yeah, no, I'm uh, you know I'm getting back into it a little bit now. I mean, I've got the I've got the Xbox Game Pass on my PC as well, so I'm able to get games on that, which that is nice. That is a good deal. It that is. is a good deal. It is. It's a fantastic deal. I'm like I was really surprised buy it when i first got it because it's like i i now basically have them all i've got playstation now and i've got the the game pass because i'm so happy that sony finally started letting you download the games instead of making you stream them so like that was just awful with the trying to stream certain games like 
So I was really happy about that. But I, I but yeah, you're absolutely right. Microsoft definitely has an amazing service. Both, I mean, honestly, both between games with gold and the Game Pass. Like, I mean, there have definitely been times I've looked at the games with gold free games, and it's like, wow, that's that's a lot better than what what Sony's putting out there right now. But I think. I think the nice thing what Sony does, and I don't think a lot of people really give it a chance, is Sony uses it as an opportunity to showcase their indie developers. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I don't think, one, these developers would have the opportunity to keep building bigger and better games without that support, nor do I think we'd have the chance to experience a game that we never would have thought of playing without it being put in front of us and being part of a subscription that we're paying for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's been a few indie games that I never would have thought of playing until like, Oh, you know, it's free with my subscription. I might as well give it a shot, you know? So I, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to hate on the PS plus service too much because, you know, I even said this in one of my Facebook posts the other day that we wouldn't have games with gold right now without PS plus. I mean, true. They were the first to do they, it. They were the first to do it, and you know, and and obviously, like again, not hating on Microsoft, not hating on the Xbox. I've I've got the systems. I've had every console that they've put out, but it's always seemed like Sony's been the innovator when it's come to this, and they've they've kind of really always been in that position. And I I've I've always been a sony guy because they've been the innovator they've been the ones to step up to the plate and bring new concepts to gaming and everything else and and to me i think they have some of the best developers for exclusives uh, i mean period they have the best exclusives. <laughs> I, I mean nothing against halo or gears of war but i feel like those were the only exclusives on the xbox one well exactly you know i mean you don't you don't hear and like xbox had to eventually get the big franchises from sony to really get people over like you never used to see final fantasy or kingdom hearts or anything like that on the xbox yeah. consoles and it's like now all of a sudden they're showing up on there and so and it's like don't get me wrong like that's there's nothing wrong with that like let's get games out in as many people's hands as possible you know it's just it's it's sony has always been the innovator and and i it's it's again you know I love the 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 Game Pass on the the Microsoft Game Pass on my PC. Like I've been able to get some really really cool games for <clears throat> a dirt cheap subscription price, mm-hmm. you know. So and and I think it's really cool that they do offer it on the PC and on the Xbox as well. And it's different games between the two. It's not just oh I get to play the same games on both consoles. We actually get different games on each one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to say this about uh, PS Plus. Yeah, there was a month where the games were considered pretty bad. Oh yeah, I love Farming Simulator. I would have never given it a <laughs> chance if they didn't give it to me because I was like, "Oh, that's what? stupid." See? No, I'm a farmer. I love farming. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> it's funny because I was actually just showing. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get, trying to get my girlfriend more into gaming and playing games and everything like that. And because she she used to when she was younger, um, but she um, she's big into like farming and stuff. She used to own goats and chickens and everything like that. So I was I was there's showing her. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, there's that. But it was funny because I was pulling up videos of uh, Red Dead Two. 
and like there's like 30 different farming activities you can do in Red Dead 2 and I'm like here babe like <laughs> you don't want to go shoot people like just go milk a cow <laughs> you gotta get that milk you gotta, gotta make butter you gotta yep. <laughs> you gotta work the land yeah, but that's that's another one that's on my list that I gotta play and beat. I mean, the f- the first one still is in my top ten games of all time, but it's a good game. And then it's one of the only games that made me cry at the end. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Spoiler alert <laughs> yeah. for a ten plus year game: you get shot, and it's sad. It's really sad. <laughs> You try your best, but you no no not it's, enough dead eye. It's really really sad when you go through and like hundred percent complete the game before the final mission too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm looking forward to completing the second one because I was really happy to hear that the second one got got great reviews and and it still stands as a really good game to this day. So and it's a prequel. Yep, it's a yep. prequel to the first. Uh, is is it fully a prequel? Because I thought part of it actually takes place afterwards. Uh, I don't know. I know a majority of the game. It's a prequel. Okay. All right. Because um, you, it's the band of uh, the bandits that John Marston left. Yeah. Well, so outside of the gaming news, man, what are you playing right now? What are you currently playing? What's on the docket? I'm actually playing through on PC. There's the Steam sale, summer sale. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got Assassin's Creed Revelations. Oh, that's a good one. Because I dropped off after Brotherhood. Too many good games. Yep. Um, Fair, fair. And uh, I'm playing through it, and I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty good story, but god damn is it janky. Oh, (laughs) he's just jumping off buildings. I don't want him to jump off half the time, and I'm just like, Ezio, please. (laughs) See, that's that's where I was going back and talking about, like, Unity there. Like, Unity completely fixed that. Like, cause you even run into those issues playing for Black, Black Flag. Like, you run into those same issues where, like, the climbing mechanics, everything like that is very... It's very, clunky. It's, it's, it's clunky. It's very clunky. Unity is smooth. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times where it is kind of wonky, especially when, like, you're inside buildings. But they really fixed it after Unity. And, and of course, you know, seeing it's it's completely revolution, revolutionized the uh, the mechanics for, um, you know, Origins and Odyssey. But, uh, but no, um, Revelations was a good one. Um, not quite as good as Brotherhood. But, no. no. But still... Still good. I mean, that whole Ezio saga was good enough that they gave you know the character three games. So <laughs> even an old man one. Yes. Old. Yes. <laughs> and you're yes. like, how are you alive? How are you jumping off of buildings like this? <laughs> I would die. So so you've you've played through the first one, right? Uh, one, two in Brotherhood. Fully. Okay. Okay. One. So when you finish Revelations, there'll be a nice little surprise for you. I'll, I'll tell you that. Cool. So yeah. I, I, I think we've, I think we've done enough spoilers on our first episodes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sorry, but. everyone. <laughs> spoilers. Yep. Yep. We've put a put a big disclaimer on the description of our first episode, like. <laughs> Big old Last of Us Two spoilers mainly. Hey, it's the training arcs. What do you want? Um, no. Bes- um, bes- yeah. Besides that, um, 
on console, console side, the Platinum I am working on currently is for Super Robot Wars V. Uh, normally a game franchise that is locked to J- Japan. Um, it was actually this game and OG, which is original content, uh, so there's not a lot of licensing issues. But they were the first ones to be translated uh, with subs. Okay. I, I imported them, and I, I like it. It's a strategy RPG with little robots from various things. There's like Gundam Unicorn or... I was gonna say, I've heard of Super Robot Wars before, and it's got like a bunch of different like robots from like animes and stuff like that. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Because like, like, isn't it like, like the one you're talking about is a strategy game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all but, a little grid. But isn't there isn't there like an actual f- like fighting game that they came out like years ago that was Super Robot Wars or is or is just the fighting based off the strategy kind of like how like um, pu- kind of like how uh, what is it the Puzzle Fighter the Street Fighter one is there is one <laughs> where it's I it's on the DS um, it's more of a RPG RPG. I guess okay. uh, it's hard to describe. I just I just remember seeing like a video game where it looked like it was you know basically like an old school almost like virtual fighter where it was like you know um, Asuka's Gundam from or not Gundam uh, Evangelion from the Genesis Evangelion was taking on you know the, the one of the Gundams from Gundam Wing. Well, <laughs> if that's a game that exists, <laughs> apparently I'm failing myself and I need to play this. I'm gonna have to look it up. I think it was like a PlayStation One or a PlayStation two games so. oh, okay all right <laughs> and i could have sworn it was called super robot wars so uh i mean there's it's a long franchise there's probably yeah. like 20 30 games in the franchise itself but yeah i'm pretty close i literally just have to beat it again and i have the platinum oh nice so nice nice and now what number plat is that i couldn't tell you it's over 60 maybe it might be 70 something I know. I couldn't believe when I looked at your card the other day. I was like, I used to be so close. I used to be so close. <laughs> I think there may have been like an hour where maybe I had more platinums than you. <laughs> I mean, there was a time. There was a time. I mean, you worked at Blockbuster at the time, so you were able to rent games. That was and- that was a thing. I had access to a lot of games, so that was that was a beautiful thing about about that one. Yeah, I'm looking at my gamer card right now, and yeah, I have that. Oh, so Unity was my 40th platinum. I so. will actually look up mine right now. Um, I was going to try to uh, plat Final Fantasy 7R, but I kind of fell off of that. A lot of games came out. Um, does does it seem like it's a, a fairly easy plat or? No, it's just doable on those things where it's like if you keep throwing yourself at it, you could probably do it kind of thing. Ah, uh, okay. Because it's like there's certain games out there where it's like, okay, the plat seemed doable, but then, you know, what was it? Oh, yeah, like the Batman Arkham game. It's like I can do every other trophy except for that one where you have to do like every combo <sighs> chain together. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what one you're talking about. I never even did it. I just gave up. I would get like... Nine out of ten of the combo requirements, and I'd just be like pulling out my hair, like yeah. Okay, cool. I, I, just... I remember sitting there for like a day just trying to get this one damn trophy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, <laughs> like as I've gotten older, 
I, I do chase trophies as a whole, but some games I'm like, this is a game I beat, this is a game I platinum, because... Yeah, I'm I'm totally in the same boat. I'm totally in the same boat because like there's too many games out there that it's just like I I don't want to waste time chasing a platinum for this game and miss out on playing exactly, 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 exactly. So like, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I it would be platinum sixty three, sixty three. Nice, nice. Yeah, U- Unity was number forty. Um, I, it, Unity took me a little bit longer than I ex- I thought it was going to, just because it was really. I hate using the word tedious, but it was kind of tedious, just because it was a lot of cleanup stuff. Um, I didn't hundred percent all they get a hundred percent sync on all the missions as I was playing through it, so I had to go back and and replay a bunch of missions to get a hundred percent sync. And then there's like over three hundred chests to open. Yep. And what they did, instead of just running around and opening the chests, they actually made chests that you had to open with a lockpick. So there's like 225 chests on the map that need to be opened with a lockpick, but there's three levels of the lockpick, and you need to get the lockpick skill, level one, level two, and level three, in order to open each one of these. And it's not just the lockpick opens the chest, it starts a mini game to open the chest. And if you don't have, like, say you only have lockpick level one and you go to pick, like, a lockpick level two or level three chest, it's nearly impossible to complete the mini game. So it's like, you know, it took forever to roll through all of these chests and collect everything. But, like, I was determined to get the platinum. So I, I rolled through and, and I got it. And I was, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about it. But I mean, but that, yeah. that just. That brings me back to getting all the feathers in oh, Brotherhood. Yeah. In Brotherhood, yep. <laughs> Just being like, oh my god. Why? 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 Uh, I never got the platinum in that because it had multiplayer trophies. Because obviously... You have to have those and just ruin it for everyone. Yeah, that was that was when they did the weird multiplayer. It was just like, oh, just kill each other. Yep. <laughs> Can you stab this guy? Can you? Bl- Who is it? Stab him. I don't. I don't remember if Brotherhood is one that I that I platinumed or. I think I, I platinum two. I know when the first one came out, there weren't trophies. Didn't exist then. Mm-hmm. So, and I honestly don't even know if there is any type of trophies for the first one on PlayStation. I know nope. there's a cheap. I know there's achievements on the Xbox, but but there's I wasn't sh- zero. I wasn't sure if they gave you the option like on PS Now to go back and play um, the first Assassin's Creed and if it had trophies. So, which would be interesting if they did, but I'm pretty um, sure it's in that weird time frame where they just didn't patch them in, kind of. Yeah, that could be. So, you uh, playing anything else? Uh, not really. No. That's really it. Those are my main games I'm focused on. I do play an MMO. I play Final Fantasy fourteen, So, I do pop in there every now and then. Okay. Just to, you know, waste my life, I guess. So... PS5 drops. It's the first game you're gonna play on it. Um, I will probably buy Miles Morales if it's a launch game. 
I think it, it will be. be. I think it will be given given that it's a Sony studio that develops it and everything. I think given the popularity of that one and the fact that they showed off initially when they were showing off the power of the PS5, they were showing the Spider-Man game running on the PS5 hardware. Mm-hmm. So I super think, fast loads. Yeah, two crazy. seconds. Crazy. You're there. <laughs> it's like okay, Xbox Series X first game you're playing on it. I am not getting a Series X for probably no. a while. Yeah. Or if ever. Nothing against it. If there's games, I will buy it. But there weren't games on this last one, and I regret buying a yeah. Xbox One. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, I I mainly got an Xbox One, you know, for my kids just to play the Kinect games. You know, play Just Dance, and there was this, like, mm-hmm. zoo game and everything like that. Like, that was the main reason behind me getting an Xbox One back then was just more for my kids to use. And, you know, like, obviously there were some games I played on it. And now, you know, with the services that they have, I'm, I'm playing it a little bit more. But it still hasn't it hasn't come anywhere close to taking the spot of my of my beloved PlayStation. So, but I know right now, I uh, obviously I just finished up Unity. I just got the Platinum uh, day before yesterday. I think it was I got it. Um, so I am now moving on to actually playing the first Last of Us, uh, the remastered edition. I, you know, just to finally experience this, this game and, and get through it just because it is the talk of the internet right now. I have a massive library of games I need to get caught up on, but I figured that like, you know, the, the first Last of Us is, has been out for quite a while now. Yep. So I also went out of my PS4. It, the disc is in there now. I haven't played it. (laughs) <laughs> yep so i've uh i'm gonna start that one aside from that i um I, one thing that you know listeners here will get to know about me i i'm not a big sports game person in general but i play nhl religiously so i'm a big uh, i've ba- basically played almost every single iteration since nhl 94 on the sega genesis i, I was- uh got I will say this about sports games. It'd be pretty cool if certain developers didn't have exclusive rights to those kind of games. Because I remember sports games being really cool in the 90s and early 2000s. For sure. For sure. And now it's licensing licensing sucks. Yeah. And, you know, it's I've I've fallen out of the football games just because, like, like you said, I mean, like my favorite football game was NFL Blitz. Like that yeah, game was not, <laughs> it was fire game. It was fun. Oh my god! You know, my my favorite basketball game was NBA Jam. <laughs> you know? I I like jams, but I also like NBA Ballers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Ballers. That's right. Ballers, ballers was ball, dope. Ballers Ballers was good. Ballers was really good. And it's like they even tried to they even tried to come in on hockey back then because it was like the GameCube came out with NHL Hits, which was made oh. by Mid Midway as well. Um, and uh, I I I I loved that game. That was a lot of fun. You blasting people way up into the stands with a check. <laughs> Get out of here! Get. But no, I play. Uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to them showing off NHL 21 because the problem that I've had with EA over the years, um, for anybody who doesn't know, EA stands for Electronic Arts. They kind of have a love hate relationship with the video game industry. Um, yeah, we hate them. They love our money. <laughs> That's 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 one way of putting it. 
<laughs> I hope EA never we never put out a reach as EA for sponsorship. Yep. Sorry. Uh, we're totally cool. I liked Fallen Order. Just gonna throw that out there. Pew, pew. Well that's that that's my thing. Like I played a little bit of Fallen Order too, and that's another one that's on my list of, of games to play just because I'm a massive Star Wars fan, so I gotta play that one. And I've heard nothing but good things about Fallen Order. So oh, it's a great game. It's a, oh it's so good. It's so good. My uh, my one concern though is I saw that they've got this new Squadrons game that's uh, that's coming out here where it's gonna be like um, it's you know just it's flying around in the ships doing space battles and stuff, but it's like five versus five. It's gonna have full VR capabilities, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, I'd rather have something else like Fallen Order and not just kind of. Uh, you know, I get what they're trying to do. Like Disney's trying to, like you know, n- not make Star Wars focused all on like Jedi and lightsabers. Like, oh, there's pilots too, you know, yeah. which is cool. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, they did that that um that Star Wars Resistance cartoon, which I watched with my kids, and I think that's awesome, you know. But um, but when I was watching the video for it, it's like this is your follow up to Fallen Order, really, really. Like, I feel like. You know, we should either get another game like Fallen Order or, you know, Battlefront 3, because I actually just played through Battlefront 2 story mode, and as short as it was, I liked it. It's good. Um, You know, just because it tied in with a lot of the stuff that I actually kind of want to dive into here when we get talking about, like, movies and stuff, I... uh, I'm I'm a huge huge fan of what they did outside of the new Star Wars movies. So, anyways, getting back into the games that I'm playing right now, NHL 20 is one of them. I'm playing on and off until NHL 21 comes out. Um, I mainly just play NHL 20 online, doing the uh, what they call the hut mode, which is hockey ultimate team, where you basically just build up your team of players from all different leagues around the world and you know the nhl the minor leagues leagues over in sweden leagues in russia everything and you just take it online against other people and as you know throughout uh, the the games you play you earn cards or you earn points that you can spend on cards and the cards can have give you stronger players and you can heal players that are injured and get longer contracts for your players so so it's <clears throat> It actually started with Madden. They did a whole Madden Ultimate Team thing, and then yes, they, so yes. yep, so and that's then, all then, what Madden is now too. Yeah, yep. So they built off of it, but they do a lot more with the NHL game now because there's like a like this whole you know uh, career mode where you go from like you're playing as just one specific hockey player that you've started, and you start in the juniors and build your way up through. So there's a whole bunch of game modes in NHL 20. It's it's a great game. Um, my biggest issue with it is the fact that like we are now on basically the 10th version of the same game since NHL 10 came. I'm sorry. No, like 13th version since NHL 07 came out because they're using the same, they're, they're using the same player models. They're using the same arenas and everything. They're just touching everything up each time, you know, a new version comes out. I think finally now with 21 coming out, we're going to get a completely built from the ground up new game because with the power that these new consoles are going to put out, like, I'm sorry, you can't keep selling the same shit. They so, try. They try. They, they that, try. Man, they try. But it hasn't I, been touched in years either, too. No, I know. I know none of the sports games have. FIFA. None of them. FIFA, not, yeah. not at all. Like, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, I think for me, I'm, 
I, I've I've been on the the hate side of EA for a while. Now they've kind of brought me back over with Fallen Order, and then you know they they dropped the announcement for for Skate Four, which we'll we'll get into in another episode because I want to talk about Tony Hawk and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, but aside from that, like I'm not really playing much on my Xbox right now. It's just being used as a as a Blu-ray player at the moment. Um, That's what I use mine for. And uh, my PC, you know, in between, I do a lot of graphic design work. That's mainly what I use my PC for. Um, I, since I have a capable PC now, <clears throat> I'm playing um, Gears 5 just because I was messing around testing out my new graphics card and I was like, oh, this game is actually kind of cool. Um, I haven't really played any Gears games since Gears 3. Um, so I'm skipping over four. So I know I'm realizing I'm skipping over storyline and everything, but this has been more about just me testing out the capability of my computer. So that's been pretty much it. So I'm going to be really diving into the last of us on my PS4. going to probably play around with gears some more on my PC. Xbox is going to keep going for movies until they kind of steal me away from the PlayStation. But with my catalog on PlayStation, I don't, uh, I don't really see myself, uh, getting pulled back over right anytime soon <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> all right so aside from mine and ashton's love for for video games we also love some related media we're big into comics and movies and tv and anime and everything else underneath that that list um recently i have been getting back into watching some series with my girlfriend um we uh we were we were just watching like random stuff on tv just random episodes like criminal minds and and documentaries and stuff like that but um we uh we started going back through and watching like shows that i've already seen before like walking dead and and things like that but um we decided to start the man in the high castle and I am absolutely hooked on this show right now. Um, I know there's only four seasons, um, and it. I, I wish I would have started it back when it first came out, but I'm kind of glad I have the ability to binge it right now because, like I said, I literally started it like last week, and I'm already halfway through season three, and there's only four seasons in the show. Um, I I don't know if you've ever seen it at all, um, nope. but it's uh, it's. It's an awesome show. When it was when I saw the first trailers of it coming out, you know, it was sold as like, oh, this is this is going to be a show of like, oh, what if the Nazis won World War II? And that's what I thought what the whole show was going to be. Yeah, it was going to be some, you know, just a, a, somehow this is what was going on. The Nazis won World War II, and there's some characters set in this world, and that was it, you know. Not I later I come to find out that oh no there's parallel universes and time travel involved and I'm like wait what <laughs> now it gets interesting exactly even though it was already interesting <laughs> so and then I found out that it was um it was based on a book written by Philip K Dick who also wrote the book A Scanner Darkly which I don't know if you've ever seen the movie A Scanner Darkly I did but see the movie that's that movie is awesome i love that movie so like so when i found that out i was like oh this is this is really cool um but no the uh the show itself is 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 fantastic i mean that whole the the twist i like i don't i'm, I'm gonna try and keep my my thing spoiler free with this show for anybody who wants to check it out because there's a lot of twists and turns in the show that just it's it's nuts i mean it, it has a little bit of a slow start because they need to kind of set up the world and but once it gets going because 
basically you've got the Nazis kind of control everything. They've got everything in control in Europe. And then they've got basically all of the Eastern side of the U S to the Midwest of, of the U S controlled. It's all considered the greater Nazi Reich and the Pacific States like, um, you know, Washington and Oregon and California and all those, they're all under the control of Japan because Germany and the Nazis and Japan were still allies through this all. Um, and so as the show continues to go on, there's actually tension that starts to build between the Nazis and the Japanese. And That's cool. Yeah. And they end up starting to kind of like go at each other. And the resistance that's building up between the two of them is mostly built up of Americans. And there's eventually a point in the show where you've got the Americans who were originally fighting the Japanese kind of team up with the Japanese to take on the Nazis. <laughs> so like it's, it's a big twist on, on what, you know, what really happened. But what like what really hooked me in with the show is, and this this isn't giving you given too much of a spoiler, but like the first episode sets up like, okay, this is the world, the Nazis won World War II, this is how life is, and the main character is this girl Juliana Crane, and she gets possession of this film from her sister, and the film actually shows news footage of what happened right after what we know of world war two it shows us celebrating the streets it shows us you know tearing down nazi buildings and and basically us winning world war two and all these people are like what is this like what is this video and that's what sets up the whole story and i'm like i'm hooked like <laughs> i'm a i'm a huge fan of that that that's like the show that i'm hooked on right now until we finish it i'm I'm not moving on to any other series until I'm done with that one. Um, uh, aside from that, I haven't really read any new comics lately. I was diving into some Star Wars comics a little bit. I have been big, though, on the Star Wars audiobooks. Um, okay. Specifically, the Aftermath trilogy. Um, they were books that were tied into the newest trilogy that we have in the movie they're, they're supposed to tie into you know the force awakens last jedi and and uh rise of skywalker the trilogy of books actually takes place between um return of the jedi and the force awakens and okay. what i love about it is that the story doesn't focus on the skywalker family it doesn't focus on really any of the main characters at all actually the only main characters that show up in it who spend a decent amount of time in it are han solo and chewy um leia's in it too for a little bit the one of the main 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 characters is um this kid snap wexley and his mom nora wexley snap wexley is actually played by greg grunberg in the all the new star wars movies there he's matt parkman in heroes okay all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you remember seeing him? He shows up for like five minutes in each of the Star Wars movies. He's he's an X-wing pilot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. So the books are actually about his character, and oh. yeah, and it's it's really cool because it actually builds up as and it tells you how 
really the the first order came to be that they didn't just rise out of the ashes of the empire it wasn't just a bunch of stranded like people who were left over from the empire who decided to build up again and it also tells you like like when i went in and i saw like the the rise of skywalker I was like kind of confused. Like I love Star Wars and I'm going to be the first person who's going to be an apologist for a Star Wars movie. Um it's, you know, people will say that especially since the fact that I love the last Jedi. <laughs> but yep. <laughs> but but my problem was with with the rise of skywalker is it's like you know this movie should have been like four hours long because they crammed so much plot into the movie yeah, and it's like it was, and it's like why is uh, the emperor like, like why is the emperor back where did he get all these ships from who the hell is serving him right now like what is all this it's just like all of a sudden it's like he's here he's got a massive army like what i like about these books is these books explain all of that it answered every question that i had for the rise of skywalker and it ties directly in with the storyline of battlefront 2 okay yeah yeah the that was really cool too in my opinion because it was more focused on the empire first i feel like there needs to be more empire focused stuff in star wars and and that's that's why i liked this story because like it wasn't it like I said, it wasn't about, you know, the 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 Empire rising again to become the first order. Like the Emperor had a plan in place and it wasn't it, it basically was kidnapping kids. Mm-hmm. And all of these people who were serving the first order were all these children who have been kidnapped and raised underneath basically I mean basically essentially what Hitler was trying to do with Nazi Germany and and the Hitler youth. Like that's essentially what was yeah. going on. Gotta get them young. <laughs> Indoctrinate them. So but the aftermath books were just they were so good and they they di- they dove into characters that you had never heard of but they really found a good way to connect them with the main characters and and I mean I know like you go and you read the reviews and it's like you know some people kind of shit on the books a little bit and but I don't know me personally especially listening to the audiobooks cuz I I feel like I got a little bit better of a feel cuz whoever did the um Whoever did the audiobooks, like I forgot the guy's name. I think his name is like Mark Johnson. He did all the the reading and he did all the voices and he did a really good job of making himself sound like certain characters and stuff. Like he did a um, he did a Palpatine book and that was that was great. Um, but outside of that, man, like I've I really don't have much going on. There's animes that I want to watch. There's more comics that I want to read right now. But I got a whole big list of things that i want to get into between gaming and watching and and everything else so but i know you have been diving big time into the anime world and oh, comics yeah. and everything else so what do you got going on right now um for well, currently uh in terms of watching stuff i have the current task i gave myself of Watching all the Universal Century timeline Gundam shows or movies. That is like over (laughs) 500 plus episodes. There's like nine movies. I got through most of the original Gundam in a week. So who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, I'll watch all the not UC timeline stuff. Who knows? But, um... I'm really, I want to get into model kits and doing all that stuff, and <coughs> I just kind of wanted to see the the lore, the timeline, from beginning to end. So I'm watching it in all chronological order of, like, the actual timeline, too, not, like, release order. Yep. And it's a, it's a big task. 
It's a uh, woo. You know, it's it's funny because Gundam Gundam is one of those things that I, I always enjoyed, but I never took the time to actually sit down and watch a series fully through. And yeah. like, I, I watched a little bit of the original Gundam, and I was one of those mainstream Gundam fans. I loved Gundam Wing, and mm-hmm. um, and then I, I absolutely loved Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Like that to oh, me was one of my that's favorites. my favorite. <laughs> it, it's, it's the best one. Anyone, I will fight you, Internet. <laughs> it is the best Gundam. I, I I remember and, and and that was something that was really interesting to me about Gundam is that like every series was different, but they were using the same platform to build the story off of. Yes. And that was that was really Ugh. cool. So I don't know, there's a lot of animes I gotta get back into. It's been a long time since I've watched one. Um I'll tell you this about about the original Gundam, just watching it as an adult. Like half the half the show is literally Amaro, the main character, pilot of the Gundam. Basically, dealing with PTSD from the first episode, like first five minutes of the episode, from then on, it's just trauma and people just abusing him, being like, forcing him into the Gundam, forcing him into fights, just nagging him, and he's like, I'm depressed, and I I don't sleep, and people are like, stop being a little bitch, Amaro, and you're just like, what is wrong with people? You're adults, he's 15, oh my god. (laughs) But obviously he grows into the role, and you're like, okay, I guess this is fine, child abuse aside, but besides that, I re-watched all of The Rising of the Shield Hero in the English dub. It's an isekai, a.k.a. a person's pulled into a fantasy world. It's good, but there are some creepy Japanese tropes in it. A lot of young girls where you're like, I don't know about this. I don't... mm." (laughs) But if you could get past that, it's good. (laughs) Alright? Like, they don't... (laughs) They don't focus on it too long, so you're just kind of like, okay, we're done with this. Yay. (laughs) I can stop being creeped out. <laughs> I mean, watch an anime. There should be just a little bit of level of comfort and creepiness. <laughs> yep. It's just, it's something you gotta accept, I guess. Um, but outside of weebiness, huge weeb, preach, um, I actually watched uh, The Umbrella Academy, season one. I watched it fully two weeks ago, a week ago, kind of somewhere in there. Great show. Like, it's well filmed, uh, good acting. Uh, Ellen Page is amazing. Um, Oh, Ellen Ellen Page is in it? I didn't know that. Yes. Um, All right. All right, you must sold me a ticket. She's seven. The basic setup is like 30 years ago. 43 kids were born to women who didn't start the day pregnant. And this million billionaire uh, tries to gather up as many kids as he can and train them into being a superhero group. Interesting. Cut cut 30 years to the present and they're all fucked up. (laughs) They're just, they're all just messed up psychologically (laughs) and you're like, okay. And it goes from there. Um, a huh. basic plot, like stop the apocalypse kind of thing. Really good. Not going to go too much into detail. But uh, season two launches July 31st. So in like four weeks. So very excited. 
if you are going to check it out. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm going to need something to add to soon because we're probably going to finish Man of the High Castle probably by the end of this week at the try at the rate we're going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really good. Really, really, really good. Um, cool. Uh, cool. And cool. comics. I read comics. I, <laughs> I read through the deceased storyline of dc comics which is basically i i heard about that what no what is what is this it's what if zombies happened and that's basically it it's set up kind of in a rush kind of thing um like is is it just is it just dc's take on like their answer to marvel zombies yeah but like there's there's thought behind it it's set up through it's like a techno virus so not only can zombies infect you through normal means i.e bites scratches or whatever but if you are looking at a screen there's like a digital code that's forced into you i guess that turns you into a zombie so like anyone who was looking at a phone when the original infection started they're a zombie Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it was it was very quick quick everyone's a zombie then they're it's kind of cool seeing how certain powers uh, of the heroes, if used for villainy or evil, they could easily just kill millions of people if they wanted to. And uh, it's just generally good. It's well written. If it's a hero you like, they're a zombie. So, there you go. Well, I'll have to give it a shot. <clears throat> Thanks, yeah. others. I uh, I want to get back into reading some comics a little bit because, like you know, I was talking about the uh, the the Star Wars audiobooks there. There was tons of comics that tied into that too. Like they did a whole bunch of stuff that that ties in with those movies. That like, and and I kind of hate that they did it this way because you know the casual Star Wars fan isn't going to go out of their way to listen to an audiobook or read a book or read a comic to understand mm-hmm. the main the main storyline of the big movie. But I feel like had they done something with these books and made it a little bit more mainstream, that you probably would have had a little bit more of an understanding of of the movies, you know, <clears throat> and they would have been maybe appreciated a little bit more. Um, I am, but, I am one of those people. Like, if it's not in the movie, I'm, I'm like upset that it's not yeah, in the movie, kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you don't have to put everything in, but at least at least explain why the main plot points are happening and that's yeah, just like yes. like they didn't do that in the rise of skywalker at all it's like oh emperor's here i'm just gonna say this real who's snoke who, who <laughs> he, he's a guy in a vet apparently what why who okay so and uh like i don't know if you're gonna plan on like reading the books now like they don't they don't give away the facts of like who exactly snoke is um, but the one thing that they do basically tell you is that this emperor that you you experience in the Rise of Skywalker, he's a clone. Mm-hmm. He he is a clone. He is one. He is one of many of the clones of the emperor. The although remember if you when you saw in the Rise of Skywalker there was that scene where they're basically in like the emperor's arena and he's got all these dudes in hoods in there. Mm-hmm. They are basically a cult known as the Acolytes of the Beyond. So, like, you saw Rogue One, right? No, I did not. 
Oh, you did not see Rogue One. All right, so Rogue One basically introduced the concept of the fact that the Force is a religion and that people who aren't necessarily Force-sensitive still, like, study it, obey its laws, everything like that, and they believe that it is the controlling force of nature in in the Star Wars universe, even though they are not Force-sensitive themselves, okay? So they established that, that there are these people who basically, you know, they, they study the Jedi teachings as religion, even though they can't actually use any of the abilities. On the dark side of things, there are the acolytes of the beyond who are, you know, their whole thing is to preserve what the, the, the message was of the Sith, that the Sith weren't just evil. They weren't just about, you know, power and everything like that like that they were you know they wanted to establish a new level of order in across the universe and it was going to be based on a balance of power and so the acolytes of beyond were kind of like these these preservationists of the dark side of things and they were the ones who were responsible for maintaining the emperor's clones and if you remember the scene and I don't, I only saw the rise of Skywalker two times, but when they were panning through one of the scenes, when I think it was Kylo Ren who was walking through and they show all those tanks with like all those yeah, yeah. bodies in it and, yeah, yeah. and, and Snoke's, Snoke's body was inside them. there. They don't say this specifically, but they kind of hinted the fact that Snoke was just a failed Palpatine clone. I mean, that's fair. So, and, and I know that's kind of lackluster, but it's, it's, that's, that is the only way you can honestly kind of explain him and his abilities. But the other theory that was thrown around is that he was Tarkin, like Tarkin survived and somehow Tarkin now is force sensitive, which, you know, which he does kind of look like Tarkin a little bit, but I don't know. I like, I, I feel like you have to stretch it too far to really like support that theory. The theory of him possibly being, cause the whole thing of, of, of this you know what's going on in these books is they are trying to resurrect the emperor but they don't have like in his his body was screwed up in the rise of skywalker and that was the problem is they couldn't basically rebuild the emperor so they had all these clones they had all these things that they did tests on and and you know they they started off the whole cloning thing back in you know the attack of the clones there where mm-hmm. you know they're, they're they were cloning boba fett to build the soldiers you know um but or jango fett i'm sorry and so that was the whole thing. It was a combination of them using the Camino technology and you know the dark side of things, and it, there that's what the whole the whole thing was. There was supposed to be these massive amounts of Emperor clones, and none of them were perfect. And that was basically it. They finally had one, and this one, you know, and that's why where they ended up going after Ray because they needed Ray for it was. It, you need to read the books to really get there, or at least listen to the audio books to get the full story as to why everything is happening the way it happened. But and that and that was what bothered me is the fact of like if I hadn't have read those books, there's no way I'd appreciate the movies the way I do now. So and and that's unfortunate. I mean, as so. a whole, I like episode nine. It's perfectly fine movie. Yeah, it's no, it's good. It's good. It's not what I was expecting going in there. Like, especially now reading, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Colin Trevorrow, the original intended director of that movie. The dude who I think he did like Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one who was originally intended to do, um, the Star Wars episode nine and his script it, this hasn't been fully confirmed, but his script leaked 
and not the whole thing, but just different parts of it. And it's a completely different movie than what we got from um, JJ in The Rise mm. of Skywalker. Like, completely different. And it's, uh, you know, and from what I read, it honestly sounded like a more interesting story. And so, like, you know, there's a lot of people that were, like, really, like, saying, like, hey, we want this movie, so... Who knows? Could we see a, you know, release the Snyder Cut <laughs> of, of Star Wars, you know? Yeah, there, there is rumors that uh, the creative side of Lucas that is still involved with the movies, they want to undo the yep. modern trilogy. I, I, was, I was reading that, yep. With time yep. travel, which is canon, because yep. obviously time travel is canon. Well, they uh, they actually brought in the idea of time travel being canon in Rebels. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, so yeah. I've never seen it, but I know a lot about it. They brought back Dude, watch Rebels. Padawan. Watch Rebels. Yeah, uh, Ahsoka. Oh yeah, Ahsoka's yeah. like one of the, the. She's like one of the main players in in rebels especially later on but like the when i first watched rebels i was like oh this is a very disney-fied star wars cartoon because it feels that way in the first few episodes then as they start really like getting into it like oh man it's it's awesome because it actually kind of ties in with uh fallen order because there's a lot of inquisitors that are uh okay. that are in rebels um it's also like that. the oh yeah and it's like the first appearance of tarkin you get a rematch between obi-wan and darth maul like it's it's good <laughs> see i've only my star wars is literally at one through nine that is it yeah. i haven't really watched any other because i feel like the story should just be in the nine like i it's good well, there's good for other stuff outside of it so here's the thing outside of star Wars, like you've got like the main movies and the main movies have been done by some pretty good directors. But as far as like the animated stuff goes and the, and like the series go, you've got Dave Filoni and John Favreau and the, the content that they've put out so far that has been star Wars related. I'm sorry. It's been better than anything that's come out of Lucasfilm, the, the Lucas side of the movie side of things for like, since the prequel trilogy like it's i mean the clone war series itself is better than the prequel trilogy um i feel like the combination of rebels the mandalorian and resistance is better than the current trilogy it's i mean like i did you watch the mandalorian at all no oh oh i had it i had it it set the watch but alas no uh, format no, like, like, watch it. It's so good. Like, they did such an amazing job of, like, capturing the Star Wars universe, but then giving it a Western feel. Which it oh. should have. It should have. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, we could, we, we could, we could save Star Wars talk for a whole fucking episode. So. Yes, we can. <laughs> so, I think this would probably be a good jumping point to say goodnight and, and sign off. I think in future episodes here, we're going to try and fill this slot with a little game um we'll do like either some trivia or two truths and a lie um maybe we can ask for some feedback from from listeners and see what they think um i kind of want to leave this area open back here i do know that ashton and i are both 
open and welcome to more friends in our, our gaming world. So if anyone ever wants to reach out to us on either the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live, or I know for me, my gamer tag on both of them is Rise of Defiance. That's all one word. So if anyone wants to reach me on those, that's it. That's for Microsoft and Xbox. Um, I'm not really set up on Steam or anything just yet. I will be soon. And once I do, I'll, I'll post that up here. Um, we're also going to be getting a, uh, an email set up for here so you guys can send us questions or any feedback you have for the show. Um, Ashton, I don't know if you want to throw out your, your info for people. Um, if you want to catch me at any of the places I play games, it's Atlas the Strong, and on PSN, it's the Strong with a D-A, because obviously I can't have my name on my main platform. And, uh, you know, if anybody ever wants to hit me on social media, you can, uh, you can look me up by just my name, or I'm on Twitter, it's UpstateDevilCB. Upstate Devil CB is my Twitter handle. If you want to hit me up on there, Ashton, you on Twitter at all? I deleted my Twitter. Oh, oh okay. I was okay. on there for a while, and I had to get off. Ah, yeah. all right. It's making right. me depressed. <laughs> That's how Facebook is is for me lately. So, but I think we'll wrap it up here and say goodbye, and we'll look forward to the next time we talk. Ashton, any closing thoughts? I do have a t- two truths and a lie set up. Oh, do you? Okay, so this yes. is kind of perfect. So I, I currently do not have one, but this is kind of perfect because you have one here, and that was our game plan to, to have one of those as kind of a mystery for our listeners for the next episode. So go All ahead, right. buddy. <laughs> it's a Final Fantasy-related one. So right. Final Fantasy fifteen is my favorite of the series. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a masterpiece. And Final Fantasy XIII, I think, is a really good game. Which one's the lie? Come at me. Mm. Find out next time. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll get some uh, we'll get some uh, pages set up on Facebook, and I'll get everything set up uh, through social media. We'll get an email address set up and everything for you guys to reach out to us if you want to hear us talk about anything specific. If you want to guess what Ashton's lie was out of his true truth and a lie, but I know this will be something we may do going forward here. Just as kind of a little fun to have with you guys and any of our listeners. So, um, but yeah, so that's it, man. Uh, this was fun for our first episode. Looking forward to doing more and, uh, yeah. So good night, everyone. Good night. Pew, 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 pew.